Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is DJ. This is Ish. And this is Pero, Pero Let, Let Me, me tell, tell You. Dale. Hola, te lo digo yo, que el Fulvario Supermarket te trata mejor. Tum, tum. That was Mata Picaña, right? Yes, it was. Yes. She's serving us Miami realness and God At knows this when. rate, we need to just have her on the show. We should. We've already interviewed her. That's what I'm saying. We interviewed her. We interviewed Yamil, who she was in his movie. Mm-hmm. So let's just get her on. <laughs> anyway, welcome to episode 36. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Bienvenidos a todos Bienvenidos. And before we get into anything, because I don't know, I know we drop these on our Pero Fridays, hashtag Pero Friday, but in case some of you are listening to this on a Monday, if you are listening to this on Monday, October 15th, it is someone's birthday that day, so feel free to drop oh God, happy you're so birthdays. calling me out. <laughs> Feel free to shoot him happy birthdays on both our page or his page or send us DMs. I'm really looking forward to my 29th birthday. It's 40 and 29. you look fantastic. 29. It's 40 and you look fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that was sweet of you. And I can say that because I've known you forever. Yes. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> You've gone through my multiple I, I, fa- I, phases of hair. Yes. I've been there for all the awkward phases, the hair. You the... were there through whatever we, we share with our friends It's what we here. do. Remember the time, I don't know, I think we were in college, that I kind of, I don't know what I did to my hair, and I called you. Oh, you were, you were getting, we were getting ready for something. We were going out, and we were getting ready, and I called you, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I look like a mesh between... 
Princess Diana and Mani Manuel. And I just hung up and I said, I'll be there in a little while. <laughs> I was trying something out new. I was like, you know, I was growing up my hair. That's what it That's was. That's why. It was in a and weird, was, like, the bangs. Or right, it was in that yeah. weird area that it was poofy. Like, it wasn't short anymore, but it wasn't long, right, so right, I couldn't... Right. Whatever. Yeah. And yeah, that's what friends are for. Exactly. Anyway, but, um, <laughs> before we get into, you know, our, our you know, general conversation, there is yes. a couple of more somber notes we want to start with. Yeah. First of all, we want to send our condolences to the Placencia family and Amigos for Kids. Yes. Um, this week, very unexpectedly, um, Rosa Maria Placencia from Amigos for Kids passed away and she yeah. um, had been on our show earlier and um, she, not only was she on our show and she was wonderful you did a yes. great interview thank with you, her um she also invited us over to the fundraiser for amigos for kids and she gave us the opportunity yeah. to be on the red carpet and it was very very kind and noble of her and the work that the woman did for children um you know vic- children that are victims of uh, child abuse and, and, and helping and to hopefully prevent that abuse as well so it's quite quite the loss not only to the community but overall to to this organization so you know our thoughts and prayers are with her and, and her family yeah and additionally as we record this uh, hurricane michael has just uh, basically finished devastating the panhandle, panhandle, of, florida. panhandle of florida mm-hmm. and is making its way through several other states and so absolutely you know our hearts go out to all of those who are affected as well and and being from Miami, from we Miami, know. Yeah, we, we we know what that feels like. We know what it feels like. And it, it's so funny because hurricanes is something like whenever I've spoken to people that are not from Florida, they're like, "How can you live in a place that you know gets hit by hurricanes?" Kind of like how we say like to the West Coast, like, "How can you live in a place that has earthquakes?" Yeah. And hurricanes are such a like. But at least earth um, hurricanes you can see coming. You they're can prepare exactly, whereas earthquakes you can't. Yeah, but they kind of see it from the sense of like you know a hurricane lasts hours and hours true, true. that you're being pounded by this wind and and all that um and for us it's so like okay well there's a hurricane coming you know, put up the shutters get and, some you know and welcome to florida you yeah. know it's like it is what it is so yeah. um but nonetheless the the devastation it causes is is you know always um very you know very hard and yeah. and, and bad so Anyway, um, so moving to our regularly scheduled yes. programming. So this episode sees us interviewing uh, Tony Lima, the executive director of SAVE, an LGBT um, political organization, I guess we could call them. Um, even though they are apolitical. They do the but, work. But they do the work. And so that is coming up. And I've known Tony for years. And so you know, we have a really know, fun conversation. It, it was a great interview because, I mean, no matter where you are in the spectrum, um, you know, right whether it's LGBT rights, civil rights, LGBT rights or human rights, or human and rights, that's you know, all it comes down to, you know, women rights, you know, what affects one affects us all, and and you know the work that Save has done in in South Florida in particular, uh, particularly in the area of legislation and and case law, mm-hmm. is paramount to yeah. to no other organization. So it yeah. was really and we get into all of that. In the yeah, and it, well. it was really quite a, a pleasure and an honor to have Tony on. But um, so that interview is coming up. So. But what we always like to do a little bit of topics. What everybody's talking about this week. ¿Qué me dices tú a mí del Kanye West? Well, <laughs> well, yeah. I that's mean... Actually, all I have to <laughs> Why say don't is you ask me? Kanye West, <laughs> yeah. talk amongst yourselves. Exactly. 
<laughs> it could be silent for the next 10 minutes. That's that's a podcast series unto itself, is really what that you've just asked me. So, you know, his rant on SNL. I didn't see the rant. I heard about it. I have yeah. actually, I'm fallen behind, mostly out of laziness. No, no, out of laziness, because... I have to update my credit card information on Hulu, and I haven't gotten around to doing <laughs> well, it. Well, you better do that soon because I'm I, I, I'm linked to your Hulu account. <laughs> anyway, um, it, he went on a rant after he was on SNL about being pro-Trump and about what Trump Which is doing. Which is not a doing. surprise. He's, and, he's I mean he he's he, spoken. He, he had a MAGA hat on, and obviously, you know, he made oh, I think all. All the statements he's made, uh, his now infamous, you know, slavery is a choice choice. comment. And, you know, a lot of people, there's the train of thought that think this is a publicity stunt. Which I'm, I wouldn't yeah. move it past. I mean, and then there's Kardashians the, in the West. It's, it's a match made in publicity hell. And then there is the, you know, the train of thought that he's, you know, he does suffer from mental illness. So what do you think? Do you think this is a Kanye breakdown? Do you think this is Kanye being Kanye? Do you think that, you know, he knows what he's doing? Isn't it all the same? I mean, on some level, isn't it just Kanye being Kanye? And part of Kanye being Kanye is that he always looks like he's on the verge of a meltdown. And Mm -hmm. the meltdown is also probably tied somehow to publicity because he always tends to time it around an album drop. Like, I, I, I... it's so interesting to me on some level with Kanye because I think he's almost the epitome of how do you separate the artist from the art? Mm-hmm. He's become so entangled. In... I love his music. Fair enough. But what, but you understand what I'm saying? Where sometimes with some people you could be like, oh, that's... Let's use Lady Gaga for an example. Right. You and I have always said, eh, yeah, she does her artsy-fartsy, oh, look at me, you know, avant-garde thing. I'm going to wear a meat dress. Right. But I feel like there's the Lady Gaga that goes home and, you know, sits in her jeans. Right. There's Stephanie and there's Lady Gaga. Stephanie who eats her, you know, pasta carbonara, you know. And, And you know, she probably makes a really good pasta carbonara. Her parents have an Italian restaurant. So So there you go. But I feel like with Kanye, I don't know where the publicity and persona Stops and ends. Exactly. Starts and stops. Yeah. And I think that's by design on his part. Or Mm -hmm. you can make the argument... That he's so full of himself that even he doesn't know where the hell it stops and starts anymore. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I just his wife is looking subdued next to him. His I wife just, is out there talking about prisoners' a, rights. Well, one of the things that <laughs> he said that he's going to meet with Trump about is uh, prison Adidas. reform. Oh, I thought it was sneakers. and like criminal criminal reform, which I actually think that's a great thing. That that's that's actually a very positive thing and. Like her or not, mm-hmm. whether Kim Kardashian did that for publicity, whether or not she did get the woman, you know, the, the, the woman that she, someone who's she, she right. met with Trump about, she did get her um, her conviction or her jail, jail time communed. So there was something positive exactly. that had come out exactly. of that. She finally used her her fame celebrity for something, for something positive. other than herself. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so you know, kudos for her. <laughs> The bar I mean, is so low that that's what we're giving her kudos for. Huh? The, her bar is so low. Well, I mean, look, it was quite the accomplishment. She, one thing that's selfless. She she met with the president, and, and, and it, it did happen. And, you know, unfortunately for her, how everybody questions the motives, as we are, right. well, that's because, you know, she made her own bed, now she's lying right. in it. The, that's based on their, that family's, 
trajectory that it's all about publicity whereas maybe if another celebrity would have done this it would have felt more right. genuine but who knows maybe it was very genuine well, I'm on sure her it part. was genuine maybe it was very genuine on also her part and she had the best intentions but back to Kanye you know I he's one of these people that I, I you just have to mute him when he's not performing mm -hmm. or you know obviously when you're not listening to his music right. you just have to mute him because again his music is so freaking good right. that as you said it it's it becomes very difficult sometimes to turn kanye the person off when you're listening to kanye the artist right because he's it's just it's so much you know remember during hurricane katrina when he yeah he was on that telethon and he's like george bush doesn't care about black people well, you know why that's my favorite thing ever because of michael myers because it was almost literally a recreation of the skit michael myers did on snl with heather locklear <laughs> where she played someone in an infomercial who denied the holocaust <laughs> same reaction on his face yeah. and and you know he said that but then now he aligns himself with this president and this administration right. you know so I don't I don't know if it's a public meltdown. I don't know if it's a publicity stunt. But you know, the fact that we're talking about, you know, one or the other is just sad because people should be focusing on his artistry and I realize that he's not the first celebrity that people focus more on the, or singer that people focus more on the controversy than on the actual art but I mean he doesn't need any controversy to prove himself as an artist so it's just but I think that's more prevalent with singers or rappers if you will you know people who who are in that area of performing arts because when if especially if they write their own music because they are writing their music, they're writing about their experiences, their thought process and things. So what you're listening to as the artist to some point is an extension of that person. Whereas when you go to a movie and you see, you know, Meryl Streep, Meryl Streep's playing uh, Okay, that is Julia true Child. with, with artists not, because, you know, of, because of lyrics and stuff like that. But I mean, I don't feel that any of his antics are things that have you know you found in, in their music. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the same thing could be said about Madonna, you know, Madonna right. was so controversial, well, continues to be so controversial that many times people didn't look at her body at work right. and, and what she was producing. And they looked at the controversy rather than the art. And although I, I never think that as off the handle as Madonna's been sometimes, I don't ever think that she's been this off the handle because um, she's a very intelligent person. I disagree. I felt she went off the handle when she ripped up the photo of Joey Barafuco. Oh yes, yes. That was it. The was, line. It was that. That was the line. It was Madonna. that. It was yes. that. Yes. Um, but you know, back to Kanye. I I don't know what he's doing. That's the thing. Like nobody knows. And and do you think he just needs to take a break? Maybe <laughs> some people just need to rest. Maybe, maybe. I just even when he went on his rant on how he was a genius and he's going to be up there with Bill Gates and right. you know Steve Jobs and like the great renaissance artist it's like really what for what for Yeezys I mean really I mean listen I love uh Gold Digger and uh Stronger <laughs> and all those songs but I mean I love them right. and I think they're good and I think he's excellent at what he does but I don't know if 
He's going to be up there with Michelangelo and, and all these artists. Oh, Kanye, of the past. why are you comparing yourself to me, Michelangelo? So I don't know. What do you guys out there think? Do you think this is a publicity stunt? Do you think that it has, you know, he really is suffering from mental illness? Or do you think he needs a break? Well, I know somebody who's taking a break right now, not personally, but uh, Selena Gomez. Ah, see. Selena Gomez, uh, apparently she's having some issues with her health in terms of the her the kidney, right? The, the, the kidney transplant. Yes. And as a result of that, it kind of just has left her overwhelmed and exhausted. And yeah. she recently quit social media saying she just needed to take a break. Um, do you think that more people are going to find themselves in situations like that? More where celebrities? I... I I'm going to expand it. I think celebrities, to a degree, will never fully go away from social media because that's become the new publicist. Right. But do you think that there are probably more people out there than not who are just overwhelmed by just everything, this this hyper-connected technology that of we course. have? Of course. Because I'm going to tell you straight up, me, there are days where between my job, my you know personal life, editing this... Uh, checking out thank god that we're two you know and we split up the mm-hmm. responsibilities but checking the numbers and checking the stats and did somebody comment and replying well there, uh, there have been days where i literally just want to be like i just want to go in a hole somewhere and not exist for 20 i hours. go through that every day and and this whole interconnected world mm-hmm. you know what i think a fallback of that is and we're all guilty of this you know Let's say I send you a text on WhatsApp or whatever, mm-hmm. especially on WhatsApp that you could tell when somebody's read it. Yeah. You know, how many times, and I'm sure this happens has happened to you, but it happens to me all the time. Somebody sends me a text. Oh, well, because I sent you a text yesterday and you didn't open it. Well, you know what, sweetheart? If I didn't open your I'm text. I'm feeling attacked right now because I know I do that. Okay, if I didn't <laughs> open your text, it's because I had 5,000 million things other doing it's not like i was sitting in bed lounging eating a croissant eating a croissant you know having a great old time and i'm like oh this person's text came in you know i'm just gonna be a dick and not open it right it's like i have other things to do but you've got a but, toddler you have you right know, but, but the, the, the problem got, yeah. is that you know now there's a certain expectation that you know whether it's email well i sent you an email you know at well, you were saying the other day that you had a client that sent you an email on a Friday at like six o'clock. Yeah. Well, what happens now if you respond? You know, now you open now up that door. Eight. Yeah. So, so do you like what do you do or not? Because there's accountability, like because it's all digital. Yeah. I, I mean, and I think that all adds to the grand realm of yeah. you know pressure and and stress and all that. So now, and imagine if you're a celebrity with public scrutiny. Right. I mean, you and I are nobodies, and and I feel sometimes like. There's so many people sending us DMs and messages and yes. things, and it's like, and then you want to be nice, nice to them, right? You know, right. because especially like us, you know, we're nobodies, we're starting out. You know, right. you want to take time to and address everyone, and we love all we of love you all all to address. <laughs> you know, don't stop. But I mean, you want to be kind and, and right. address everyone, but at the same time, you have your other life, and right. it, it's it's it, quite it, it, it mounts. It does. It mounts. Do you think people are going to get to a point where? Do you think that the genie's just completely out of the bottle yeah. at this point, and nobody's ever going to go back yeah. unless some type of catastrophic no, <laughs> apocalypse no, type situation happens? This is how it is now. You don't think that there'll ever be some type of backlash, like maybe? With I don't a, think there'll be a backlash. A, I just think it's, a generation. I just two? think it's personal, personal decisions. Like you see a lot of people that take social media breaks. 
That's true. You know, I could tell you the only only real social media platform that I'm on is Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I go through phases. Like you probably noticed. Yeah. I go through phases that I post like several times a week. I'll post food. I'll post architecture. Yeah. I'll put a selfie or whatever. And then I go a month without posting. Because I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. You know, yeah. I, I don't like... And then one day, maybe I'll be like, oh, I, I, I took a series of pictures that, that I really like, yeah. that I want to share. You know, I go through ups and downs. I wouldn't say that I'm like addicted to it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know some people are. But I, I will tell you that when you are kind of detached from it, it I mean, you don't have to. It's something else that you're worrying about. Yeah, like now we're no Because you know that whole thing about how everybody says now that, you know, we live in a world of likes. Mm-hmm. Everybody's guilty of that. When you post a picture, if you don't get likes, you know, you're you kind of like... at least one. You're like, what's wrong with the picture? You know, like, right. why aren't they liking it? And we're all guilty of that. I think some people, you more know... More than others to Some people get stressed out about right, that more right, than right. others. Like, <laughs> some people just be like, oh, this picture wasn't popular. And, pretty. Yeah. and then other people will, like, start crying and like, nobody loves me anymore. Like, because they feel... They need likes validation. to validate for validation. Absolutely. But I mean, I, I just think it'll come down to that, to points of your life that maybe you'll take a social media break and be like, fuck this. Like, you know, you're adding stress to yourself that you it's don't. Unnes- it's un- unnecessary. Unnecessary. It's virtual. It doesn't. So you don't think that maybe within a generation or two, we're going to see the kind of a, a reduction in that social media excess use the way that we're seeing a reduction in the use and consumption of American cheese. What's going on with American cheese? Well, apparently this is the fourth straight year where sales have gone down by almost 2%. Oh my God. Are they going to like liquidate American cheese now? Like is American cheese going to be gone? Oh, I'm going to miss those little pack, the little plastic reusable Uh containers. Keep going. Well, basically as with everything, we can blame millennials. (laughs) Turns out, all of their artisanal craft crap is putting craft American singles out of business. Have you noticed that everything is artisanal now? Yes. The other day I was at Publix and they had artisanal Tostitos. I'm like, really? What's what? What the hell could be artisanal about a fucking? I I don't know. Like, I'm not buying a Tostito because I think somebody <laughs> sat with a brick and mortar and we're like, let me get this corn. Yeah, and I don't go to Frito Lay for high quality, you know, unique product. Yeah, I mean, uh, so what? People are going for like uh, extra sharp Wisconsin yeah, well, cheddar. They're making the change everywhere. Like, think about now when you go to fast food places, mm-hmm. the burgers you can have like Asiago and Swiss, and you know, there's a lot more options. Whereas before you would go, it'd be a cheeseburger. Y para carajo, ahí te metían el American cheese. Mira, I have to tell you that American cheese I serves its purpose cheese. because it melts perfectly. I, I know that in the hierarchy of cheeses, it's not. We're talking about American cheese on Pero. Let me tell you, I you know, know. Isn't a cheese pastelito. Hmm. That's another type of cheese. But anyway, I know the hierarchy of cheese. It's like low. You know, some people don't even consider it a cheese. Gwyneth Paltrow probably would kill herself if she had to eat one. <laughs> but she does have a vaginal ball. That's listen. Vamos a seguir hablando de queso because that's gonna go down a whole. And if rabbit. you don't believe me, go to thegoop.com. Yes. The goop, right? Yeah. Well, I was they, about to say the goop. Well, they settled out of court. And they had to change the phrasing of it so that it's not like doctor recommended anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I don't know about everything. I mean, <laughs> on the goop site, on the goop, the goop site. site. Okay, because okay. we love sliding doors. I do. People will say Shakespeare in love. You and I will say sliding, sliding doors. doors. Yeah. 
and you know we could turn back time anyway but back to american cheese um well whoever caught that reference it's awesome <laughs> Whoever got that reference is probably a fan of the show. <laughs> I feel like most of and our hopefully listeners... a fan of American cheese. Yeah. So I don't know. I I love American. Che- oh, I love all cheese. I, I have not met a cheese I don't like. I don't like spicier cheeses, but that's just because I don't like spicy foods. Right. But you you're but not like Ugh. yeah. No, no, you'll no, eat, I'll it. eat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, a pepper jack. You know. So they're getting rid of. We're losing. It's not that they're getting rid I mean, of it. But there's, there's concern. No, yeah, there's concern. You know, there was concern for Toys, Toys R Us, Us yeah. and it's gone. There's concern for Sears, and Sears is oh. going bankrupt. So we lost Toys R Us, Sears, and American and Kmart. Cheese and Kmart. I mean, actually, wait. Now that we're talking about this, did you hear the rumor that Toys R Us might come back? <gasps> I know, I know. It's too, Jeffrey's toy box. It's too much to hope for. So let's not let's not get our hopes. I up. will say this. If they do come back as Jeffrey's toy box, I hope they go back with '80s Jeffrey and not oh the, the, the current Jeffrey, one, the little yeah. cartoony. I mean, one. listen, I'll take whatever they give me. I'll be the happy. Stick figure shit. I'll, I'll be happy, but I like '80s Jeffrey. Well, it's because we were Toys R Us kids. Yeah. So I mean, I I I look. I think that that can happen because. They've left such a void in the market, and maybe they don't have to come back as this enormous mega retailer. Like a KB Toys used to be. Right, smaller. maybe they, they could be a smaller chain. In malls. You know, that, in well, mall, yeah. Okay, malls don't exist anymore with the well, strength as before. But, 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 but that's Like a smaller right. operation. You know, they don't mm-hmm. have to be this mega enormous thing because, yeah, it's like you don't really have a toy store now. That's so sad. You don't. I mean, <sighs> I don't know about that. Pero bueno. Oh, do you know what we do have? We have Tony Lima. We have Tony Lima. We have a fantastic conversation for Tony Lima. And in addition to that, we're not going to say it now because we're going to make you listen to the episode, but we do have a code for their upcoming Halloween fundraiser party on October 26th. We're going to be posting it on all of our social media. Which is quite the event. If you've ever been to the Save Halloween party, I've been two years in a row now. It is so much fun. And the tickets the tickets are a little pricey, but, but they a, do give you a bang for your buck. It's open bar. It's open bar. And, and it's, it's a fundraiser. It's a fundraiser. Yeah. You know, the obviously money is going, to a cause. going for a good cause. And um, and it's quite the gala. So listen, a little promo code here and there doesn't hurt anyone. From us to you. From us to you, our little present. So coming up is our interview with Tony Lima. Hey, everyone. <laughs> As promised, we have our interview with Tony Lima, executive director of Save Date. Nope, just save. Just save. Just save. Just save. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so early on. But I love that you said my name, Tony Lima. That's the way you should be saying my name. Right. Absolutely. Very Scarface. So, Tony, Very welcome Scarface. to Meta. Let me tell you. Thank That's you. Welcome. Thank you so much. I am ecstatic to be here with you guys. Um, it's late in the evening. Yes. And we've, I'm sure, had long days, but I'm really excited to be chatting with you and talking about Save and what I do, our organization, what's coming up. It's it's very exciting for me, so no, thank you. Uh, I know you're extremely busy. I mean, I've known you for years, but trying to lock you down is like trying to nail jello to a wall. Well. Like, you've got a uh, lot going on. But so. you have the inside. All you have to do is text, and I'm like, yes, you whatever think. you need from me. You would think, but that still made it difficult. Right. Oh, well, I apologize for that, but we're here. <laughs> we're here. We're here together. So, you know, we did a bit of an intro um, earlier on in the episode. So tell us a little bit what you do in your role as executive uh, director and exactly the role and purpose and job of SAVE. So I'll start off with SAVE. SAVE is the longest serving LGBT rights organization in the state of Florida. 
We've been around for 25 years. This is our 25th year. Congrats. And we thank you. Thank you. Aniversario de Plata. Aniversario de Plata. I haven't been here those 25 years, but I've been here for the last five, very fortunately. Only? Um, only five. I feel like you've been associated with SAVE for so long. Well, it, I was on the board of the okay. organization okay, for a while, right. and I was a volunteer because I believed in the work of SAVE. But we've absolutely been the voice of the LGBTQ community for the last 25 years in South Florida. Okay. And our basic mission is to promote, protect, and defend LGBT rights in Florida. So we do everything from political work, like helping people get elected, mm -hmm. like our first openly gay state legislator, David Richardson in Tallahassee, was elected cool. because of SAVE. He's someone that we found, we thought he was a great leader and he would make a great legislator. And we developed a campaign, worked the campaign and got him elected in 2012. Um, so we do that kind of work. We do Um, a lot of policy writing and a lot of policy passing at all levels of government, like everywhere from Miami Beach and Doral to, you know, at the state level and even now helping with congressional stuff. So we, we do a lot of political work, but we also do a lot of educational work. So we do a lot of advocacy. We do we talk about the issues that are important to the LGBT community as a whole. Right. And we use that to set the scene with the community so that we can help get people elected right, and we can help right, pass right. policy. Right. right. Okay. So it's all it's all full circle, but it's very rewarding work. You know, I'm very happy to have been with SAFE for the last five years because we've done some really amazing things, like not only electing David Richardson to the state house, but we also fought um, along with the ACLU of Florida for marriage equality and made marriage a reality in January of 2015 because of our hard work. Um, we established the original human rights ordinance in Miami-Dade County in 1998 when it was saved aid right. um, and then in 2014 we went back and expanded that same human rights ordinance to include our transgender family so that's just a little bit of, of the work that we do in the community it's you know political educational but all for the greater good of achieving full equality as soon as possible right. it's, uh, i'm glad that you mentioned policy because i actually was talking to him prior to the interview <laughs> he found it really funny because i was saying you know You may not like me if I'm black, Hispanic, gay, whatever. But as long as the law is on my side, you know, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. As long as I'm protected. Oh, absolutely. You, know, you have a right to be a bigot and an Absolutely, idiot. absolutely. And, you know, also, like, from a judicial perspective, right, like, it's also about helping elect the right judges. Because right now, like, marriage was achieved ultimately in the courts. Right. Right. Yeah, sure. And really, like, you can lose all of your rights as a, as a citizen only in court. Right. Right. Or you can find the most amount of protections only in court. Mm -hmm. So for us, like that judicial piece, aside from like the legal piece, like, you know, developing laws, passing laws, but also having like a strong bench that rec that can represent us all in the judicial sector of our government is extremely important. Right. So we we do it all. You know, we yeah. do it all. I'm getting really serious now. Right. No, like I feel I like I was talking about it's, it's heavy <laughs> for nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Right. It's heavy for nine o'clock no, at night. It's, it's a very important subject matter. Now particularly you know a lot of your work as you said um used to focus or is in south florida mm -hmm. so you know when people think of south florida they think of it as being gay friendly much more than other places in the country what have you found are still the challenges that plague south florida um basic prejudice 
right? But I mean, when you consider from a legal perspective, in the state of Florida, if you're lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender, you can still be fired from your job simply for being who you are. That's a huge issue because right, you're talking course. about people's right. livelihood, right? So for us as an organization, that's one of our, our, our major concentrations. It's to help pass workplace protections in the state of Florida, hopefully within the next three or four years. Um, but given this, this climate, mm -hmm. right? Right now, Tallahassee is a disaster. That's the reality. Um, you know, but we count with a lot of progressive leaders, Democrats, right? But also center-right Republicans that are very supportive of our issues. And without them, we couldn't do the work that we do. So it's, um, it's an interesting time. I would say to answer your question, basic prejudice is a huge issue, right? When you consider that, you know, within communities of color, there's mm -hmm. Latinos, African-American, wow. Afro-Caribbeans, like there's a heightened sense for, you know, being LGBT not being okay, within the family construct, within the social construct, and being in such a, a melting pot, not to use that tacky term that right. everybody says, the melting pot, like this. We hate it too. Right. This shorthand. It's shorthand, right. This melange, how about that? Ooh. That is South Florida, right? You consider, like, the amount of diversity. Um, it's important for us to educate first and foremost, right? And educate in language. Like, we can't go in to... A Latino neighborhood. We got. We can't go into La Sauesera and try to direct our pontificating message right in English. Right. We we have to do everything in language. We have to do everything that's relatable to be able to connect with the diversity as a whole to be able to break down those walls of prejudice that restrict us. Because when you consider like that, we have a, we have a huge homeless LGBT problem. Yeah. And when you consider that most of those homeless young people that are getting kicked out of their houses are either Latino or black or Afro-Caribbean in some kind of way, like it's a huge issue within our communities. So for me, as a Cuban-American, openly gay guy, um, with a certain amount of privilege, right? Because within our community, I'm at the top of the echelon, cisgender, white guy, right? That has every right. privilege in the world. You know, then well, then you put me in a room with a bunch of white people and then I'm the brown guy, right? right? <laughs> all of but, a sudden you went down yeah, a, few a, a few notches. But when you consider that I have all this privilege, right? And my team, for that matter, at Save, we have all this privilege. Like, we have to get out of that privileged space and be able to see what the real needs are in the community, right? And our transgender sisters, specifically, um, transgender women of color, black and Latinas. They're the most at risk for everything. Most at risk for They're losing their lives. Yeah. High HIV incidences, high incidences of homelessness. Um, these are women that are in, in sex work and survival sex work to be able to to just survive, survive yeah. you know, live their lives. You know, that it's an important sector of the community that we should all be concentrating on. The same thing with, you know, trans youth, LGBT youth as a whole. Homelessness mm -hmm. is a huge problem specific to youth, right, within our community. And given the fact that in Miami-Dade and in Broward, we have the highest incidences of HIV, yeah. like those are the biggest problems we have in our community right now. So from an educational perspective, we have to work on the prejudice, break down the walls of that, but then also address like all these issues that are bubbling up and plaguing our people. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, it's funny because a lot of the community thought that when we achieved marriage, you know, and I'm very proud to say that in Florida, it was because of SAVE and the, the ACLU. Right. But when we achieved marriage, a lot of these older, mostly white gay men were like, ah, oh, we have everything. Right. 
Well, no, we don't have workplace protections. The trans community is still suffering at a crazy rate. You know, we have these issues with our youth. Like, there's so much to do. So that's why we exist. That's why we're still here doing the work that we do. I'm glad you mentioned that because when marriage equality passed, it was in June, June, right, of 2015? No, July. Well, January of 2015 in Florida. And then nationally, it became a reality in June of 2015. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So, Friday before Pride. You know, a lot of people said exactly what you said. They thought, like, that's it, you know? Magic pill. It it solved. It was kind of equivalent to, like, when Barack Obama was president, people were like, that's it. There's no more racism. Right. Bullshit. So, where I'm going with that is, and and I'm glad that, you know, you brought in the legal perspective. Um, I have a a legal background, and I found... he mentions all... The time. He's an also, attorney. I know so, this too. Sometimes, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, you know, is about class protection. Uh-huh. You know, whereas race, uh, sex are protected classes. Yep. Is that one of the main focuses that you guys are currently working on yeah. in terms of class protection from yeah. a legal perspective? Yeah, yeah. And it, in in relation to workplace protections, in relation to um, the uh, availability of public services and public accommodations. Because right now, not only in the state of Florida are we not a protected class, we're not a protected class nationally either, right? We're a protected class in Miami-Dade County, in Broward County, in Monroe County, right? But there's still, you know, a big part of our state that's not protected at all. So for us, our main plight as an organization is to help pass workplace protections in the state of Florida and become a protected class within, you know, the discrimination set. So absolutely, that's like our main, most of the programs that we work on specifically on our foundation side Mm -hmm. are focused on bringing about comprehensive non-discrimination protections that include the transgender community and are speaking to workplace, public services and accommodations. Because right now you can be denied services, right? You can be kicked out of where you're living for being LGBT, You know, and that's a problem that we hear from trans women all the time. Their landlords don't understand. They have a significant prejudice and they get kicked out of their homes. Right. right? So that's absolutely like our main plight as an organization. And I would say the main plight of most organizations that are doing LGBT work, not only in Florida, but throughout the country, like it's to establish workplace protections. Now, as far as trans, the transgender community, Uh you know, because obviously an argument can be made factually that the LGBT, you know, fight has worked off and, you know, where the community is now, there's made been tons of strides. Although, as you say, there's still a lot of work to be done. I feel that transgender community is kind of like that final, not final frontier, but the current frontier that is kind of hitting a brick wall in a way. What would you say are the biggest challenges that communities as a whole have you know against or towards the transgender community i want to piggyback on that for a minute because i had similar thought what do you think because i feel like because we've made so much progress with in general lgbt causes and recognition and acceptance what do you think you would say can be applied from any learnings with gay and lesbian advances towards potentially getting the transgender community at that level. I know it's a lot. So it's a lot. (laughs) lot. I'm going to start somewhere and we're going to come full circle, right? It'll happen. I assure you. Um, So listen, the reality is that the trans community right now is who we were 20, 25 years ago, Mm -hmm. right? For the most part. The issue 
is that um, for us as cisgender gay men, mm-hmm. not that I, hopefully I'm not outing any of you to your you know, <laughs> listenership so at this point, but maybe that's a good thing. Hey, I'm, I, I'm glad to out you. But we don't wear our gay on our sleeve necessarily, mm-hmm. right? At least historically we haven't. And I think the issue with the transgender community, there's a lot of ignorance in the general community, a lot of need for education. You know, something we worked on um, for and we continue to work on is our prejudice reduction work where we go into communities and we have conversations with voters at the door to help reduce prejudice specifically against the transgender community. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we've been doing since 2015. Um, it's we've we've perfected a new way to have a conversation based on empathy with a voter. Right. And it's something that we you know, we worked on with the University of uh, Stanford University, I should say, and Berkeley University with two scholars that were with us over that two year time period, helping us test messaging, helping us try to figure out how to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. And with their help through science, we've been able to um, understand that those conversations are effective, okay. right? When we go back and talk to these voters three, six, nine months later, they're still retaining the information that they exchanged with us. So we are helping to really reduce prejudice, and I think that's the basis for it all. Um, I think it's all, as I said before, based in ignorance. People don't like what they don't understand. Right. And I think for transgender like women, right? I don't like vegans either. I don't get it. I don't get it. But, um, <laughs> but that's that's another topic for another day. But that's why, you know, it's for me as an LGBT leader, it's problematic to have problematic, but at least a starting point to have people like Caitlyn Jenner mm-hmm. out in, in the media. Right. I like, was about to ask you about Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. Caitlyn Jenner is a, a white transgender woman with all the privilege in the world. She's right. not representative by far of what the transgender community actually looks like in this country, right? right. She has, she doesn't have a need. She doesn't have a problem keeping a job. Right. She passes pretty well because she had every resource to have every surgery and every hormone available to her. Yeah. And that's not necessarily the case of a lot of the trans community, right? So I think it's important to show and to uplift those trans narratives like show um the reality like bring these people into our circles and give them not only a seat at the table let them build the table along with us Mm -hmm. so that they can they they can be seen for the beautiful people that they are and i think that you know we work very closely with ariana's center which is south florida's strongest and most effective trans-led and trans-focused service organization. What is the name of it again? Ariana. Ariana's Center. The CEO, her name is Ariana Lint. You should have her on your show because she is brilliant. Also an attorney. Um, Brilliant uh, transgender Latina living with HIV with a really interesting story. And she's dedicated her life to help other women, other trans women of color mostly, you know, come up and be able to establish lives. Super you know, super yeah. yeah. I mean, for in some cases, it's just a matter of being able to be hired for a job, being able to keep housing, not having to resort to survival sex work to yeah. live. You They're know? not asking for much at the end of the day. They're asking for what every single one of us What we have, what we enjoy. Yeah. I, I want to um, put the spotlight again on Caitlyn Jenner because I feel that Bruce Jenner... Initially, I thought Bruce Jenner is the kind of perfect person to be the face um, because he was like a national hero. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved Bruce Jenner. Inherent right. goodwill. And he, nice guy. So if anybody could, you know, reform this and kind of shed light to it, I thought it was him. Obviously, when the transition happens into, you know, Caitlyn Jenner, there was a lot of criticism that came her way. 
do you feel that was justified? And do you feel as uh, Caitlyn Jenner being, they say it's she's the highest profile transgender person in the world or the United States? Yeah, Cox, do you but... think yeah. she did more good than bad? Or do you think more that harm that was something positive towards the community? Well, I mean, I think Caitlyn Jenner is living her truth, right? Um, she's living her life, and it just happens to be that since she was a famous person already, that she's able to enjoy having a lot of that spotlight. I think I respect Caitlyn Jenner for coming out so publicly, right? Caitlyn Jenner could have gone off in the darkness somewhere and transitioned right. and, and not do anything with it. So I do respect and appreciate the platform that she's created for herself. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. What I don't agree with is Caitlyn Jenner's political views, right? Oh, Poli yeah. Like Caitlyn Jenner being, and not that I, we have, save is, is completely nonpartisan, right? We work really well with the Republicans as we do with yeah. one you know, of the, the Dems. One of the biggest supporters was Ileana Rosletinen. Absolutely. Staunch Republican Senate. You know, I mean, we're, we're so, Senator or Congresswoman? Uh, Congresswoman, Congresswoman, yep. yep. She's so, in the House of Representatives. She's clearly, you work both sides of the aisle. Absolutely. She's one of our biggest champions. And like her, there's a bunch, right? right. Locally and at all levels of government. Everyone from Commissioner Rebecca Sosa um, to Representative Holly Rashin, um, you know, Carlos Jimenez, our county mayor, right. Francis Suarez, our city of Miami mayor, they're all wonderful pro-equality champions, right? In their own right. But I think for Caitlyn Jenner to come out with all this privilege, right? And then um, still stand with the with the Tea Party Republican Party, right? right? right. The Trumpers. Um, the, the Trumpers, I think... Well, and she's changed her views a little bit, but I, I think it was like an insult. And I loved... I watched her show because since... Mm -hmm. The, the trans community is such a big component for us, you know, right. concentration for us. I thought that it was my responsibility to watch the show and see what was going on, too. And I was just shocked by her misunderstanding of people's reactions of her views, right? And that was all, again, based in privilege, based on the fact that this person doesn't live a regular well, because life. Because now she's in a whole new world. Right, right. right. And now she's, yeah. you know, had... I'm glad that she had all these other trans women around her. Yeah. 
right on the show because she sort of learned from Shandy and what's the one that performs in New York still? Candace. Love Candace Kane. Yeah. She, you know, learned from all, from other wonderful activists that were there on the show with her. She sort of got it, I think, after a while. Right. But to ally herself with a party that is not inclusive of the transgender community, um, specifically in this Trumpian disaster that we're living right now, like there's absolutely no support for the LGBT community as a whole, let alone trans people. As a matter of fact, the minute he took office, he started to take away, yeah, you know, the possibility for like our trans um, soldiers to have yes. rights, yeah. our trans children and teenagers to have rights. Remember like, that? Yeah. 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 Like, come on. Like, why? And I don't understand it. And I'm not even, I don't even want to give him that much credit or time because to me, quite honestly, he's an embarrassment. And um, there's better ways for you to spend your time. Yeah. And you are spending your time in better ways. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Trying to elect people exactly. that are going to bring this country back to where it was, exactly. you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, one of the most important things that we can talk about tonight, you guys, is getting people to come out and vote. We're big proponents. I always say, if you don't vote, I just don't want to hear you bitch the next Calla day. de la boca. Exactly. <laughs> Calla de la boca. No. No vote, no voice. You know, right. sorry. I, I don't want to hear your opinions. Oh, you didn't vote? Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Right. I know. Do you find that that's a challenge with the LGBT community? Because I know it's a community. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I know it's a challenge with like young voters and like minority communities and voters. I think it's more about those intersections of the community. I, like when it comes to the LGBT community as a whole, for the most part, at least like the ones that are on the more privileged side, like people are very politically engaged, it's especially in a climate like this. We're seeing more young people being engaged. We're seeing more people of color being engaged. I still feel like there's a lot to be done around our community with Latinos, right? Um, there's just a lot of education to be done because people don't understand that if they don't vote, like the worst could very well happen. Look what happened with this you know, yeah. presidential election in right. 2016 and where Nobody we are now. Nobody thought that was gonna happen. No one, people thought it was a joke and people were like, oh, the lesser of two evils, who should we vote for? Oh, let me hold my nose and vote for Hillary. No, you vote for Hillary because you feel that she's going to actually make a difference, mm -hmm. not because you have to hold your nose and, and get past it, right? And I'm hearing a lot of that in this current election. Right now, this midterm election is not just a midterm election. This is Judgment Day, Yeah. right? Especially in the state of Florida. If we don't all get out and vote and get our friends to vote and our families to vote and Everybody you know, a los primos en Hialeah, quien sea, llama, right? And make sure that people are getting out there to vote, regardless of who they vote for. Um, my hope would be that they vote for candidates that will be representative of them, right? In the state of Florida, the gubernatorial candidate right now that's representative of everybody is Andrew Gillum. That's yeah. the reality. He's going to represent not only the LGBT community, who I represent, but he's going to represent us all because he is a real person that grew up in South Florida with meager means. His mom was a bus driver. His dad was a construction worker, right? He lived a regular life, so he's going to be looking out gets it. for us regular people, right. right? He's not a consummate politician. He's not a career politician by far, and we need more people like Andrew Gillum to run for office, right? It starts with him. We need youth. We need color. We need women. We need people that are willing to put their neck out there for all of us, not just some of us. Yeah, yeah. The days of representing some of us are gone. That's what, what got us to this shit that we're living with Trump. Yeah. Well, you yeah. mentioned youth a lot. Do you find that the younger... God, I sound like I'm an old man. The younger generation... We are old people. <laughs> and not with the filters I use. Oh. I'm uh, still in my 30s. I need I those. Say that you are. That's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, but... Do you feel that they are more receptive and more, you know, at the risk of sounding cheesy as hell? Like, there's hope. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, if, when you when you consider, like, Obama, 
as a case study, mm-hmm. right? Obama had this incredible resurgence of young people mm-hmm. who were turning 18 and could vote, right. right? And were interested in what was going on in their country. Um, you saw a lot of that go behind Bernie Sanders too, who for whatever reason, this oldest dirt man, you know, with a very progressive, right. almost, you know, radical standpoint, had a lot of young people going, right? right. And I think that young people want to see the right thing done. I think the discrimination that our predecessors, if we're talking about the LGBT community as a whole, right? The discrimination that our predecessors, you know, people who are now 50, 60 or whatever, is not the discrimination that we've ever felt. And it's never going to be the discrimination that this next newer generation, the people that are now in their early 20s and late teens, you know, it's very different. Like we've made a lot of progress. So I think... If there's anything positive that's come out of this 2016 election mm-hmm. is that people are not to appropriate anybody else's term, but people are woke, right? Woke. People are woke. People, I know. People I'm, are like, a grammar, I'm a grammar person, so when I hear people using woke in the present tense. Yeah, but it gets the point across. But, yeah, oh. but it's so true, right? I tried to have, I, I was telling my, my board chair, um, my board vice chair, Elena Castro, yesterday, who you guys would love and you should have her on the show at some point because she's de Hialeah. <laughs> hardcore um but is she's a brilliant woman but we were talking about like what is the latino version of woke right whatever the case may be we have to come up with a term for those of us that are, have been marginalized over the last you know uh, two and a half years despabilate espabilate yes <laughs> right miami espabilate. Espabilate, miami i like that i like that but we're all woke now we're like Oh shit, look what happened because we were apathetic, because we didn't get our people to vote, because we thought there was somehow a competition between lesser evils. We didn't take it seriously. And that's how we have the idiot president that we have right now. So we can't let that happen, especially now after, you know, a little bit over two, well, no, two years now of craziness, marginalization to the hilt, you know, divisiveness. It seems like 20 years. It seems like 20 years, right? But now this is our chance because everybody's looking at Florida. As usual. Right? Everybody's looking at Florida. Florida could be what starts to change the landscape of our country as a whole. Right? And you'll, I mean, you if you follow, you know, Trump, I don't even want to say the president, and Andrew Gillum on Twitter, you see that they're on this in this constant back and forth. Okay. Like, Andrew Gillum winning this state and this state turning more blue mm-hmm. is going to make a big difference for everyone. Yeah. Right? So we need to make sure that we're out there, that we're voting. If anyone's interested in seeing who the endorsements are of save in this election cycle, go to www.save.lgbt. That's how you know I'm an old person because no one says www. Right? right? (laughs) But save.lgbt or go onto our Facebook, which is save LGBT. Um, Check out all of our platforms, right? No one does that anymore. (laughs) But check out our platforms and and everyone from Andrew Gillum to Donna Shalala, you know, because the congressional candidates are so important. Donna Shalala could potentially... uh, replace Ileana Ross Leighton, which would be great, yeah. you know. Um, Mary Barzi Flores, Debbie Marcusel Powell, um, hopefully State Representative Michael Grico in District 113. Um, there's a lot of candidates, Robert Asensio, Senator Annette Tadeo, a lot of people that either have to be reelected or are vying for an election. Salazar is not LGBT friendly. Listen, and- I, don't, I don't want to disparage Maria Elena, Maria Vida Salazar in any kind of way. Um, I saw her today as I was walking through the mm-hmm. out the door because um, she was coming here for a forum. She has a long way to go. And if elected, I've committed to her that I'm going to work with her and make sure that at least from an LGBT perspective, she becomes more aware and inclusive 
you know, I have no doubt that she's a good person and she would do a good job, but she has to do a better job of considering representing us all. Right. She came in. She gave a great interview to our endorsement panel. Um, one of the best things that SAVE does in the community is that we have an endorsement process that's run and led by the community. Right. It's all volunteers. Oh. It's not me sitting in a room with my board making decisions. No, right. we have a panel of people that interview candidates and that um, basically make recommendations to our board on who we should endorse. Oh, wow. So Maria Elena, Maria, Maria Elena, why am I even saying Maria Elena? Because you're like Lucia Mende. Why, Maria Elena? Yes, when we were when I was in high school. Were you guys in high school yet? Yes, we were, and we had a telenovela episode a couple of weeks back. Maria Elena was the bomb yes. and everything. It was like a big With deal. With her beehive and her red dress, at the Billboard, yes. yeah. Oh my god, I love her. And Eduardo Yanez, what happened to him? Um, yeah, I remember that novela vividly. But what I will say is, look, it's really it's up to us as human beings living in this society. Um, and living within our social constructs to to be aware, to not make assumptions, to be extremely respectful of people, right? From, you know, something as simple as not assuming what someone's gender is, not making assumptions about someone's gender, mm -hmm. you know, and giving people the space to tell you what pronouns they, they want mm -hmm. to be used for them, to, you know, like you were just saying, like telling someone that you're potentially uncomfortable with something that they're saying and turning it into something that it's not, right? right? But I think it's really up to us as individuals to be as inclusive, as loving, as respectful, respectful. as possible. That's what it comes down to. Respect. Right? You don't have to, to understand it all. You, you don't, don't have, have to like it. You, you don't have, have to like it by far, but right? respect it. Absolutely. You know, I, you say that now, and today I had a really interesting email exchange. So this, uh, uh, well... Not when by the time that this airs, but Hylia Pride is coming up. Yeah, that's it, this Sunday. This Sunday. Yeah, that right? must be interesting. It's the first one. <laughs> it's no, the first one. The first but one. it won't, by the time you guys air, it won't be this Sunday anymore. It'll be like a Sunday after. But anyway. We're time traveling. We're time traveling, yes. But we, we're we starting a big volunteer push during Hylia Pride mm -hmm. to get Gillum, um, really to help with all of our candidates, right? From Gillum to Shalala to, you know, the people representing um, the municipalities in the area. And... Um, we sent out like a call for volunteers and we let off with Gillum because Gillum is our hope, right? And one of our constituents like replied in an email and started to tell me a story that I know very well because it's the plight of my family, right? Mm -hmm. She started to say to me, well, since I left, she's a Cuban, of course, I left my country with my family to get away from communists and socialists and for you to be supporting this socialist and I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, Senora, ¿qué usted está hablando? No sea tan ignorante. Tony? Yes. A couple of weeks ago, my dad and I had no the same exact fight that my dad left the house. Oh my God. My dad's yeah. words were exactly the same. Nosotros nos fuimos de Cuba para que ustedes no vivan con el comunismo. We sacrificed everything. Y ahora que tú quieras, uh, you know, uh, 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 governor, un socialista comunista. And I was like, but he's not. But he's not by far. Like, if anything, what we're living now in this current presidential administration and even under Rick Scott is more like comunismo or socialismo than the promise of Andrew Gillum, right? Trying to even the playing field. I haven't... I don't oh understand. Oh my God. But we had the same exact. That's so funny. Remember when I told you, I'm like, being. I think my dad's yeah. going to have a heart attack. I remember he that day. Stormed no. Let me tell you, Pusa esta mujer como un bombín. She said, she was like, clearly, tú no eres cubano que nació en Cuba. Tú naciste aquí. And I was like, mira, señora, mis padres nacieron en Cuba. Mitad de mi familia que está aquí nació en Cuba. Right. Mi pareja, el hombre con que me voy a casar, nació en Cuba. Nació en Cuba. 
<laughs> no me venga a hablar usted a mí eh, de, como de, una, de un lugar from a place where you think somehow you're better or you have like this very different experience. Your experience is the same experience as the 70,000 other Latinos in Miami-Dade County, right? Yeah. Whether you're Venezuelan or Cuban or come from another oppressive country, it's all the same thing, right. right? We come here for freedom, and in order to keep that freedom, we have to elect people like Andrew Gillum. That's the reality. So stop getting lost in your... I don't even know what to call it. Like political bullshit. Listen, just tell no me if you want to volunteer or not. That's all right. I'm looking for. You know what? That's how I ended my email. I said, I'm glad you said that, Eva, because I was like, actually, she's like, oh, you're insulting me. No sé qué cosa. And I was like, actually, I sent a query out to get volunteers to work on the upcoming elections. That's all I did. You were the one that insulted me and made assumptions about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Well, actually, that brings it up. Do you find that in your work, there are special, you know, obstacles that you have with the Hispanic community, whether it's Cuban community or overall Hispanic community? Because, you know, let's face it, we come from places where machismo is still very much, the norm. you know, a part of the culture yeah. toxic toxic masculinity as a whole is one of the biggest problems we have in this country right mm-hmm. and it's very specific to this country and to our neighboring latin american world but maybe it's something on this coast like this, this side of this hemisphere something in the water something yeah. in the water something the red tide water. yes isn't that a song <laughs> there must be something in the water or something some country song anyway um i digress so where was I going with this? Toxic masculinity. Yeah, so I'm in the position that I'm in. What I can say, and my partner's in the room, my fiance's in the room, and we can talk about this. Which, I'm sorry, we didn't introduce you. We didn't say you were in the, He's in the room too. with us. He's here too, yes. Yeah, yes, Yone Galano, my man, is here too. Yeah. Sitting in the room. Welcome to Peru. Yes, welcome. He's been here the whole time, and like we're just this like, terrifies him. Not. If there's a potential microphone anywhere near him, he's terrified. I'm just saying. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Well, thank <laughs> you. We're glad you're here too. So um, that's a huge problem. But what I mostly hear, like in our events, right? When I'm out in the community doing outreach, when we have wonderful events like Gay Ocho, yeah, right, um, which was actually started by Damien Pardo, who's the founder of Save. Um, it's great because people recognize me because they've seen me somewhere on TV, lo que sea, and they're, they come up to me and thank me. Right. And it's something that's very touching for me because they're like, ay, gracias, usted me está representando a mí. Mm-hmm. Usted representa a, a mi gente, a mi familia, a mi experiencia, a mi vida. And to me, that means the world, right? Just to hear that because it means that before I was doing this work personally mm-hmm. as an openly gay, very Cuban Latino, Cuban American Latino, mm-hmm. Oh, he, his he, he keeps you in check with that? He does. He's like, you're not Cuban. Tú no naciste aquí. Okay, fine. Mira, tres cubanos que nacieron aquí. No, I wasn't. You were born in Cuba? Yeah. Nine months old. I was nine months old when I Eso no cuenta. He's like, Cuban wannabe. I'm like, hell no, I'm Cuban as all hell. But listen, now I feel bad that I said like, fuck you like two minutes ago. I shouldn't have said that on air. Right? We could edit. Right? Edit that. Edit. Life. Saca eso. Saca eso. I have to be like the elegant, like political leader. Let's let's edit it, and then our we could our listeners. Oh, we'll leave this, this part, part. So I wonder what we edited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder what he said that about. That's hilarious. Ooh. That's hilarious. Um, but that's what I what I hold on to. I hold on to people saying things like that because I think it's so incredible for people who in their countries, for that matter, right? Mm-hmm. They're most of these people are immigrants, and they're they've never felt seen or heard right, or represented right. in their countries. So when they come here and I hear something like that, it's phenomenal. 
Is there a huge issue? Yes, huge issue. Toxic masculinity, ese machismo is a disaster for our community, right? And it, it rears its ugly head in different ways, right? From that whole like mask for mask thing, mm -hmm. which I think is ridiculous, right? To the, oh no, you know, I'm straight acting and you don't hear that as much as... You don't used hear that to, as much anymore. Right? But yeah. la gente decía, oh no, because I'm yeah. very masculine, I'm straight acting. It's all the same. Define right? straight acting. And right. Yeah. It doesn't mean, listen, we, ha we have to be open to gender expression and representation however it comes our way. Right? right? I'm proud and happy. Like today, my colleague and I were watching a video of a young boy. That's It's all over Facebook now. It's gone viral. Mm -hmm. Of a young boy who's quite effeminate, um, who's lip-syncing to Lady Gaga's bad romance in a video all over Facebook. And to me, I found that so joyful because I'm like, awesome, your parents are clearly supportive, right? right. I think his mom walks into the video at 1.2 and I was like, yes, yes, you know? That's the kind of inclusivity, love, and respect that we need to have for each other, right? right? Regardless of who we are. Because some of us may be more effeminate or more butch or more this or more that, doesn't make us less of a human being, doesn't make us less of a need to be respected, right? right? Like it's, that's what's important. And, you know, I have another friend, another colleague who I adore that you guys may know, Joe Cardona. That an, sounds familiar. He's an Emmy award-winning filmmaker. And Joe now has a show on Radio Mati. He has two shows. So he's, you hear them here and it's beaming straight to Cuba. Yeah, wow. You guys should talk to him at some point. He's he's brilliant. We're leaving here with like a guest list. Yeah, at least 10 people. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. You've for heard sure. that, right? Yes. Okay. For sure. And he has a show called Arco Iris that I've been on. And what we talk about is issues within like the, the Hispanic gay community, issues mm -hmm. of masculinity, mm -hmm. right? This is a straight guy right. who's an ally of the community. He's the co-founder of Gay Ocho with Damien Pardo. And he's completely dedicated to like making sure that all of this stuff is torn down mm -hmm. right. you know because all it does is inhibit us and it hurts us because when you when you consider the basic premise for any hate crime right mm -hmm. any crime against a transgender woman any crime against you know what happened in miami beach last year when these two guys oh, jonathan Chalarca and dimitri his his partner were beat down by four cubanitos from la from wechetted right on ocean drive on right? ocean drive right like Ke where did Kebena. that come from they're from wechetted right Kebena. I said the same and thing. And they're of all places. Right. That, right. Maybe Beach Cape Pride. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know? The guys from Westchester are the ones who are out of place. Right. But where do, all of that hate, all of that angst Why? came from toxic masculinity. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, se tienen que ser más macho. Oye, porque son más macho que tú. No. Who you know has what? the biggest one in the room? Who has yeah. the biggest yeah. one? Right. Well, right. in all fairness... If you're measuring who has the biggest one, you might be at the Pride Parade. You might be at the Pride Parade. You, might, you should be at the Pride Parade. Yes, that's, yes, yeah. yes. That's yes, nice. that's true. That's true. So hmm. um, <laughs> let's, let's, um, let's get into something a little bit more festive. Yes. So, um, yeah. Your Halloween party. Yes. So oh, you're, oh you're a not-for-profit. So yes. you, if you rely on donations and do. the community for we help. Do. And we rely luckily, on donations, on volunteers, yeah. on the good hearts and love of a lot of people. Because we're a very small staff. There's only five of us, you right. know. And, I mean, we're between here. We're between Wilton Manors and Tallahassee. But really, like, on staff, on oh, yeah, staff, on without the stringers, there's yeah. only five of us. Wow. We do have some part-time staff that work out of Tallahassee, other places that help support us. So without 
the donations of the community, without people attending our events. And I have to tell you, not because they're my events, not because they're saves events, but they are fantastic. And we usually sell them out. I will second that because I've been to your, and actually we're getting to this. The, what's the best way to support a cause? A party. Right. And Halloween when we can all dress up and pretend to be what we're not on our normal days. Right. Or Absolutely. in my case, an excuse to wear body hugging Lycra. Um, you know, outside of yeah. my job interviews. Yeah, of course. <laughs> outside of your job interviews, and, yes. Uh, yes. But so you've got your annual Save yeah, this Halloween. Is, absolutely. This is our 24th annual Save Halloween Ball. And it's fantastic. It's I've been fantastic. two ones in, the, in previous years. Well, thank you. I yeah. don't remember big chunks of it, though. Because I do buy the open bar option. That's a good thing. Uh, The open bar option is the only option as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, we've been doing this party for 24 years. It started as a house party in Belmead, just up the street from where we are now. Right? And it's turned into like this major LGBT and ally happening every year the weekend before Halloween. I would say it's a Miami event. It is, absolutely. Absolutely. Where is it at this year? So it's on Friday, October 26th. And it is at the Olenberg Ballroom on South Beach. We're bringing the party back to South Beach on our 24th year because usually the party travels to different venues, but whenever we're in South Beach, it's the best one every year, right? So we're back in South Beach at the Olenberg Ballroom, which is on 17th and Lenox, right? Tickets are available now at savehalloween.org. And if you use promo code PERO, there's a very special discount Yay, on those open cool. bar That's tickets right, that guys. you love so much. Yes. So yeah, savehalloween.org. You can't say we don't do stuff for you. Yeah, we do a lot for our <laughs> listeners. We got giveaways. We got discount yeah. codes. Like, oh, no se pueden quejar. No se yeah. pueden quejar. That's yeah. true. So, that should have been the promo code. No se pueden quejar. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's a big party. You know, we expect between 800 and 1,000 people. Yep. Um, we have drag performances throughout the night from Fantastic. some of, like, Miami. Miami's drag elite, you know, from Athena Dion to Noel Leon to Missy Miyaki LePage to Tilo Ivy to TP Lords. Um, you know, we have the you stars do a there. Party. We do uh, a costume, costume. contest yes. at midnight. Yes. That's a thousand dollars in cash and prizes. And what I love is that on our social media page oh, on yeah. Facebook, the Halloween page, there's people that are already posting like little tidbits of the costumes that they're already working on. Oh, no, no. Right? People go all out. People yeah. go all out. It's like, really yeah, a spectacle. Yeah. But it's it's so and, much fun. Is this your theme? For I'm those, so excited. For, for those about of this. us who like to yes. go theme oriented, yes. what's the theme? The theme is Murder on the Dance Floor, and it's a recreation of Studio 54 <gasps> and bringing back that iconic song by the same name, Murder on the Dance Floor, yes. that came out in the 70s, right? And then there were a couple of different... I know the Sophia Ellis Bexter version. Right, yeah. right, right. There have been several reiterations, yeah. right? But it's really going back to Studio 54. We are making the Olenberg Ballroom, and it'll have, you know, there's two levels. There's a an area to dance where you're going to be hearing, you know, retro, merengue, salsa, reggaeton, that kind of stuff. And then the main dance room, which will mostly be house music. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this really sexy, sparkly, dark and decadent disco theme. I was so going to say, are they going to have the moon with the cocaine? Yes. Well, I'm, that'll be in the room too. So <laughs> I'm assuming you will be dressed as Bianca Jagger on a horse. Ima, can I tell you that my dream has been to ride in on a white horse wearing a Bianca Jagger wig. But that's the only reason the theme exists. <clears throat> my staff doesn't let me. They don't let me come in on a Damn horse. It. They don't want live animals there. And without the live animal, you kind of don't no, have anything, no, 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 right? No. I'll do it right? So yeah, Bianca Jagger would be amazing. But you'll see, we're so deep into this theme. You know, you'll see um, 
people that you may recognize from the original Studio 54. Maybe there'll be an appearance by Andy Warhol here and there, an appearance by Bianca Jagger. Our drag divas will be in full force. It'll be a spectacular night. And this year, in celebration of our 24th year, it's all open bar. So if you buy a ticket to attend, you will have open bar sponsored by Bacardi and Grey Goose all night. Alright. So yeah. it should be a blast. We're friends, we're friends with nice. McCarty. And we'll and yeah. we'll go ahead and post stuff on yeah. our Instagram with the information on the party and past pictures yeah. and all that. And we're gonna be there if yes. that's any incentive yes. to anybody. Yes, yes, absolutely. So now that we're winding this down, yes. I yeah. wanna ask you a very legit question. Okay. Have you ever thought about running for office? Yes. <laughs> Listen, it's it's um because I mean <laughs> I mean, you got what it takes. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I do. Um, possibly at some point. I don't think that my work here is done by far. This is my fifth year and we've done great things. But I really want to make workplace protections a reality for yeah. our community in Tallahassee. And that's something that I'm very focused on. And right now, I think I could do my best work mm-hmm. helping elect other people. Yeah. You know, because right we're the only organization in the state that has a really strong ground game, right. meaning that we knock on doors, we talk to voters, we do phone banks. Um, and for me right now, this is where I should be. I should be helping elect more people, helping Andrew Gillum get elected, helping people um, understand that they should be inclusive. Right. There's a word that's not used that I hate to use, but the word tolerance is something that has to go away. Right. We're not here to teach people to be tolerant of anything. You should be inclusive and respectful. Right. So I, I my work isn't done here, but I think at some point I may consider it. It comes up every electoral cycle. Yeah. Someone either calls me, hey, do you want to run for this seat or do you want to do this? And I I'm not ready. Um, I have so much more work to do here. But yeah, maybe someday, maybe someday. And I think if I do run, it's going to be at the local level. Like local politics is everything, right? Local politics are what help affect everything statewide. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, that's the most important place, being a county commissioner, being uh, probably at the county level in some Mm -hmm. capacity. I would love to do that maybe in a municipality. I don't know. But yeah, at some point, at some point I see it coming. Well, if you awesome. do, we want to be the first interview. Yes. Awesome. Oh, my God. We said it here. We, we said, said it here. Yeah. We said it it's here. It's on the record. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, thank you. Hey, listen. Thank you. This has been so much fun. You guys are a joy to chat with. Thank I hope to see you at Halloween. See? Yes. I hope to see if you. If you recognize us. If we'll I be in rec- costume. Well, you better see who you are. Like, it can't be like the entire night. I'm, like, looking around wondering where you are, and you were there all along. <laughs> Your costume was that good. <laughs> was <that> good? <laughs> Maybe he write. Maybe Ismael yeah. writes writes in in a white horse like Asbin Jagger. Yeah, we'll see. I could get one of those horse costumes and just and you could just write him. How's that? <laughs> okay, that sounds a little. That weird. sounds really bad. Yeah, too long. You may want to cut that out too. You may want to cut that out too. No, but thank you. It's been a pleasure for for okay. people who are interested in getting involved with Save. Again, yeah. it's Save.LGBT. Or find us on Facebook or Instagram yeah, or Twitter. We'll, we'll provide links on all of our social awesome. media platforms. But you as well. and Stave are exactly what we try to do with the podcast: is to shed light on people that are doing things, yeah. um, and and making making moves and, and doing things that are important that are relevant. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for taking your time out. You had a million to things do. to do. Thank you. You had a million things to do, and you still managed to squeeze us in. So thank no, you. my pleasure, and thank you for the platform. And whenever you want to have me again, I'm I'm happy to be there. And we're back. Estamos de vuelta. De vuelta. Sí, regresamos. And that interview, although great, left me really thirsty. Did it really? Yeah, it did. It's a good thing that we're going to have that open bar at the Safe Halloween party. Yeah. You can too if you use the code PERO. 
P-E-R-O, and you'll get a discount on your ticket. Yes, you will. Um, it's but in, soda- lieu of, in lieu of that? Soda time. It's soda time. All right, so do you want to go first, or should I go first? Go first. I will go first. So my last soda this week, um, as you... I was, you know, as many of you probably know, I listen to a variety of podcasts. Is it going to the Giraffe Project? No, but now I want it to. <laughs> okay. But no. So I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, one of which is Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum is the guy who played Lex Luthor on Smallville. He's been in other, other series as well, and he's actually fantastic. He's a great interviewer. And he interviews various celebrities. Well, this week, his guest was Henry Winkler, the Fonz. Oh, the Fonz. Who won his first Emmy at seventy eight after a lifetime of being you know, in, on television? Yeah, on television, it was such a fantastic interview. He is such a genuine person. I did not know that he is not just the child of immigrants, but he's a child of um, the Fonz. Yeah, he is the child of two people who fled Nazi uh, Nazi occupied territories and came to this country. He's escaping, Jewish. Yeah, escaping the Holocaust. And so, you know, he's... Wow, two things I didn't know about I him. Didn't, I didn't know he was Jewish, but most importantly, I didn't know he was... Yeah. Came from an immigrant yeah. family. And it, the whole interview is basically about how his whole career trajectory and how he got into things. And he just comes across as this warm, genuine, intelligent, articulate, beautiful person. And I always liked Henry Winkler. How do you mm-hmm. not like Henry Winkler? Yeah, he's one of those people that's like, how do you not like like, like him? Yeah. It's he's very non-offensive. Non-offensive. After listening to this interview, I just kind of fell in love with him all over again. And so my last soda goes to Henry Winkler. Just the Fonz. The Fonz for being great. I think I, I, I sometimes forget that he's in Scream. Yeah. yeah. He's the principal. <laughs> yeah. He's the principal. He's in Scream. He's in some Adam Sandler movies. He's currently starring on Barry on HBO, which Things that's what he won for. Didn't end very well for him in Scream. Things didn't end very well for a lot of people in Scream. Not for Courtney Cox. It ended well for her. For April, it did, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For well, Gail, April, Gail, Gail, Gail Waters? Gail Weathers. Gail Weathers. I knew there was some type of precipitation. Yeah, you were in the right place. H2O <laughs> was there. moisture involved. Okay, well. My last soda of the oh, desert. Very vague. Oh, are you giving it to Janice from Friends? No! Oh, my God, that was so bad. Edit that out. Um, no, I'm giving it to... I love her. I love her. I love her so much. To Cardi B. Oh, that's what that was. <laughs> okay, do it properly. Oh, I don't know how to do it properly, but when you did it, it sounded like Janice. Um, I love her so much. Aya. Okay. I know that she could be vulgar. I know that. But you know what? But it's she's okay. like delightfully she, vulgar. She's delight because she is who she is. She is who everybody is at home. She's not trying to be something. Vulgar. Right. She just she is who she is. Yeah. And and you know what? She won a couple of AMAs um, at the award week. show this past week. And you know she said something that I thought was great because a lot of people doubted her and questioned how she was going to continue with her career or the effects of having a baby were going to have when her career is exploding. Yeah, like yeah. she is at like right now everywhere. On paper, it was the worst time. Yeah. Like exactly. Like. Yeah, I'm sure her record company was like, holy shit, you know, yeah. like, what the hell did you do? And, and she said, you know what, people doubted me and people gave me crap when I um, bowed out of the Bruno Mars tour. But, you know, I got to do what I got to do and I'm still here and whatever. And good for her. Good for her. I mean, listen, she, I know a lot of people 
Well, a lot of people like her because she wouldn't be as popular as she is <laughs> if a lot of people you know, people didn't like her. This is right. kind of like, you know... The Spice Girls. The Spice Girls, yeah. when the Spice Girls ruled the world and everybody was like, we don't like the Spice Girls. And I'm like, like Somebody's yeah. buying these albums. Yeah, this is like people who do coke, you know? <laughs> it's like cocaine is smuggled, you know, by the tons into the United States, but nobody does coke, you know? Not that we have. And we don't condone... Um, <laughs> We just drew a comparison between Coke, the Spice Girls, and Cardi B. As we do on Pero Let Me Tell As You. As we do. As we do. But she's great. She is who herself. She came from nothing. She's not ashamed over the fact that she was a stripper. Well, why you shouldn't know? she be? Well, no, no, no. But, but well, you know but, why she should be, you know. But I'm saying, you know. You know, she's not ashamed. She, she hasn't changed who she is. Her interviews are hilarious. And she has a few interviews out of uh, out there in, um, on YouTube of uh, her in, in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious because she's Dominican. So when she speaks... She does speak Spanish. She speaks Spanish, okay, yeah. Okay. She speaks in, like, Dominican. So it's like, you understand her. Like, we understand her. Okay. And I'm like, I mean, she's like, me esa vaina. You know, it's like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> I totally get her. You know, because she's Caribbean folk. Yeah. Um, and I just, I love her. And I know she's not everybody's cup of tea. But she really is somebody out there who's doing what she wants she's being who she is she's authentically being who she is because and she's not doing it at the expense of anyone else right because a lot of people go out there and they're like oh this is who i am this is who i am this is really me we mm. should do our next uh episode in that entire voice <laughs> it's, <really me. laughs> um, it's my authentic self you know i wrote all the songs on the album along with 25 other songwriters but this is who <laughs> Are you i talking am talking about hoedown no man no i was talking about jenny from the block that's what i actually was thinking because that song is all about being jenny from the block but i mean listeners out there go and look up the writing credentials to the song jenny from the block and it's like man so many people lived on that block with jenny because everybody wrote about it there's a lot of apartments a lot of apartments apartments. no no, she lived in a house Oh, okay. Jenny I, lived in I a house. Got, I got nothing. She didn't du- live in a tenement. Duplexes? She didn't live in a tenement in, uh, but in the Bronx. But you have to live in a tenement to live in an apartment. No, she lived in a house. Oh, okay. Haven't you seen that really famous video? <laughs> Actually, the one about the, not the money? No, 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 no. The video where... <laughs> Actually, we're going... We're going to digress a little bit here in our last Coke segment. That she kind of went back... And this is not that long ago. This was maybe, I don't know... Six, seven years ago. She went back to her house. That is the house that she lived in until she kind of made it big. I haven't seen this. It's the house that's featured on the Feeling So Good video. Oh, okay. Okay. And she goes to the front. And and there's a man sitting in the porch in the front. Hmm. And she's like, hi. And he's like, hi. She's like, do you you know, I'm Jennifer Lopez. He's like, who are you? I'm Jennifer Lopez. And he's like, I don't know who you are. And then like an image of Mariah Carey comes out. And it says, see, I don't know her. She's like, I'm Jennifer Lopez. He's like, oh, I don't know who you are. And this wasn't like, you know, Jennifer Lopez pre-Selena. This was right, Jennifer right, right. Lopez like a few years. Back. Like dance again. Yeah. I'm Jennifer. I used to live here. And he's like, nope, I don't know who you are. But anyway, uh, yeah, Cardi B gets my last Coke of the Desert. Well deserved, because you know she goes out her tongue out, so she's probably thirsty. (laughs) I can't do it. I don't know what that is. (laughs) Okay, that was closer. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) 
<laughs> bueno, caballero. Well, thank you. As always, <laughs> see, we were talking about Cardi B and Mariah and Jennifer. Of course, it's going to end in chaos. It's a good time. It's a good time. Oh, man. We went through so many cycles and circles in this episode. So, anyway, we hope you listened, laughed, and learned. And as always, grab your croqueta, your pastelito, and your jupiña. And thank you, as always, everyone, for listening. And we hope you have a fantastic day. Take care, caballero. Bye. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. The weekend comes, my cycle hops. Ready to race for you. These days are on. Sky, hello blue. There's nothing can hold me when I hold you. You feel so right, you can't be wrong. Rocking and rolling all week long. These days are on. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head-on. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.